0: And so this morning, let's just not miss out on that. And please join me in prayers. We just ask God to bless our time together. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you you're with us. Thank you you promised to never leave us or forsake us. And I thank you for this crew here this morning. You know what's going on in each life. And I just pray that they could be encouraged by you this morning. That they could know you love them. And that we would leave today... Just being healed, encouraged, freed, and blessed by you, in Jesus' name. Everyone said, "Amen." Amen. Well, you know, I was thinking about putting a message together, and uh, Chris gave me about three week notice, which is plenty. And there's been a topic that's always been on my mind for. A- time since I was a new Christian because someone had taught it to me, and it was the topic of entering and leaving. As a, as a young Christian, somewhere in a men's group or something, someone said, you know what? Life is just entering and leaving, and you got to grow in how you do it, and so that always stuck with me, and especially when I didn't enter right or leave right, I was like, wow, I could grow in that area, and so as I was going, that would be a cool message to share because New Year's is the time where we're leaving one year, entering a new year, and I started preparing for the study, And then we're talking the first time ever on that topic, something came to me like five days into it going, life is more than entering and leaving. It's entering, staying, and leaving. And you know, the more we get all that right, how we enter, how we stay, how we leave, things are better. And so Paul the Apostle, he said this in 1 Timothy concerning the end of his life. He was at the end of his life, and he said, the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And yes, all the details in life matter, but there's things that are major that really matter. And he was hitting the high points. He was saying, I fought the good fight. I got away from the fights I shouldn't be in. I've finished the race. He realized there's a race which is running with God and staying with him and being focused on his purposes, he goes, that's the race I finished. And I've kept the faith. And you know what's really cool when you run into someone is everyone does good, everyone does bad, but it's really cool when you can kind of both be talking and all of a sudden go, well, thank God. I know Jesus still loves me and I'm loving him as best I can. You're keeping the faith. That You know, you're, you're still on target. And so Paul, at the end of his life, he did that. And what's unique about Paul, which I've kind of already mentioned, is that Paul spent a chunk of his life fighting the wrong fight. He was, he was fighting against God, and he thought he was pleasing God. He was fighting against people, Christians specifically, to the point where he actually killed them. This guy was all Wrapped up in the wrong fights, and even if we're not into fighting, we all we're in a, we're on the earth. There's a devil. There's people. There's even ourselves. If you can picture that fight that goes on, we're, you know we're all in a fight, and we got to learn how to fight the right fights. And uh, it's a, and and it's the Lord who shows us that. But Paul, he was absolutely extremely. On the wrong road, running the wrong race, fighting the wrong fight, and he wasn't keeping the faith. He was keeping people from faith in Jesus. He had it all wrong. And the beautiful thing is, God met him on the road. Jesus met him on the road and showed him his love, showed him his grace, showed him his light to the point where it blinded him, and changed his heart and showed him his mercy. And Paul, Paul said this after fighting everyone, after meeting Jesus, he said, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief, and, for this, and I obtained mercy. And for this purpose, I came forth to show other people mercy. So this guy hadn't done too good, and Jesus came and saved him. And that's what he does with us. He's out to save us, not destroy us. He's out to show us mercy, not give us justice for all the ways we failed. And in turn, we do the same thing. So what happened with Paul was, basically, he got a new life. He got a new beginning and a new way to live his life. And for us, what's interesting is that we need to bring it down to the year and the day. God wants us to run the right race fight the right fights and keep the faith this day this year this season in our lives and it's never too late to start over god is totally into new beginnings second chances hundred chances that's that's who he is that's how he operates so this morning we are going to take a look at something that'll help us do that and one of the key things is we got to know god's will We need to know his will and his ways. And we need to move away from our will and our ways, which gets us into trouble. And sometimes our will and our ways may not get us in trouble on earth because we're kind of doing some godly things without God, but we miss out in the end. And so... Uh, This morning, we're also going to take a look at what can really help us in doing God's will and what can hurt us in doing God's will. And it's uh, the topic of entering, staying, and leaving. All through life, we want to enter right, God's will, God's way. We want to stay as long as God wants us. And we want to leave when God wants us to. And we want to do it His way. And we want to do it with His heart. And thank God, I don't got that, and he puts it in me. He's so good. So this morning, as we look at the book of James, chapter 4, I'd like to read to you something that James said that concerns kind of what we've talked about. He says in James chapter 4, verse 18, says, can I have a little more light, Paul, please, up here maybe? That's it? All right. We're good. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 13, excuse me, 13. He says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit, whereas you don't know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, We shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. What's really cool about this scripture is James is talking to a group of Christians, and he knows they have plans and things they want to do in their life. And in this context, he actually brings it down to what they're going to be doing in the next year, which is similar to us facing a new year. And in the end, it's kind of a hardcore Hey, wait, what are you guys doing? He says, all such boasting is evil, but he's not against making plans and looking to the future. In this case, they were leaving God out of it. It says, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. And I don't know the whole story here, but obviously they weren't into putting God in the picture, doing his will. And for me, this is kind of a cool scripture because I had some opportunities to work at some different jobs where I knew I'd be gone for three months or six months. And as a young Christian, this scripture is one that I learned and I would literally pray it. And then I would, I would do things like go visit the place and just see if God would give me a peace, give me the yay or nay. And it really helped me because I think I avoided some traps where it wasn't God's will. And what's neat is... God speaks to us, and sometimes we don't avoid the traps. And we get there, we get in the situation, and we're going, well, you know, God didn't really give me a piece about it, but I plowed through, and I think this is not good. And God sees us through it. But it's so good when we know God's will. And the reason I say that is David said in the Psalms, he said, I delight to do your will, O God. you know, getting that attitude where we delight to do God's will, it's kind of not natural to us. Our sinful nature is, uh, I'd rather do my will. Or, you know, God's will's good, but mine's better. We, it takes a while before we kind of get broken and through mistakes or maybe through not mistakes, through blessings where we knew it was God's will and then we saw why, where we go, man, God's will is good. I delight to do your will. And you know, and that's something we grow in, but it's also something we can kind of turn away from and we we often have to come back to like, Lord, man, first half of the year, I was just loving doing your will. I don't know what happened. I kind of got sidetracked. I got soured. And usually if you get soured, it's usually for a legitimate reason. But God always wants to bring us out of that or we don't stay there in the bad place. So, In this case, he says, You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we would do this or that. And if you could turn now to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, it's back a few pages. We're going to look at a couple scriptures here. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. This is a good example of someone who's into the Lord's will, and it's Paul. And it's just him talking about his life. And at the end, he mentions something about the Lord's will, or if the Lord permits. So 1 Corinthians 16, verse 5, it says, this is Paul talking. And he says, now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia For I am passing through Macedonia. And it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not wish to see you now on the way, but I hope to stay with you, actually, hope to stay with you later, if the Lord permits. So, Paul, he kind of brings this whole life thing, at least in this case down to his journey. He talked about the end of his life. I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. But this is kind of going backward where he's going, I had a journey of life. I was going, staying, coming, making plans, going out. And all that is good. And in this case, what's cool is that it shows two things. Usually our journey of life, it's places and people. There's a third thing, possessions. That's a whole other story. They could bless where you're at and bless people, or it could hurt it. But in this case, Paul's talking about the places he wants to go, the people he wants to be with, the plans he has. He even says, for the winter, we're kind of coming into winter, he's going, you know, I think if I pass through there when I do, I might want to stay with you for the winter. So it's so cool how God puts things on our hearts. He leads us. He guides us. He directs us. But at the end here, Paul says, If the Lord permits, and it's so cool to grow in the attitude where we go, I'd delight to do your will, oh God. Show me your will, and Lord, if you permit, I want to do this. There is something, big responsibility we all have. God doesn't always close doors. If the Lord doesn't permit, he's not a dictator he doesn't have a ball and chain on you or he's going to stop you in your tracks. We, he gives us this free will, this freedom, his will or our will. And if he doesn't permit and it's not his will, he lets us run with our will. And thankfully, the truth is he does put in roadblocks. He does try to stop us, but it's all love. It's not hassle, it's help. And the sooner we see that, we take the way of escape and go, Whoa, thank you, Lord, for slowing me down. I was about to go off the cliff. Paul understood this because he was journeying a lot. And every one of us are on a different journey in life. And we want to ask the Lord, where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to be with? How long do you want me to stay? Uh, going back further in the book, let's go to Matthew. We're going to take a look at uh, Matthew chapter 6. Oh, whoops! Sorry, I was in Mark. Jesus also has a lot to say about this, and in Matthew chapter six, verse nine, Jesus says this. He says, "Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father in heaven knows the things you need before you ask Him. Therefore, in this manner, pray: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven." Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Jesus wants us to know his will. And the disciples were struggling with praying, knowing what's right, knowing what's wrong, knowing God's will. He said, hey, you guys, pray. That's one way you're going to know God's will. Pray, our Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants us to know his will. And throughout this prayer, a lot of his will is right there. You want to have a good year? You want to have a good season? You want to have a good week? How about a good day? What if this day we honored God and this day we did his will? And the Bible says the kingdom of God is love. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What if this day we were loving, righteous, not self-righteous, like doing the right thing to help people, to be a blessing? Uh, we had peace. We had joy this day. What if this day we had provision? And, and, and if we didn't, we knew we, we were asking God, waiting for it. If this day we're going, oh, thank you, Lord, I'm forgiven. Thank you, Lord, you help me to forgive others. Thank you, you're leading me this day. Thank you, you're keeping me from temptation, from the evil one. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your glory. God's glory is his presence. Um, But God's will is that we would have that every day, that we would walk in that every day. And when you have seven days of that, you have a good week when you have 30 days, give or take, you have a good month. And when you have 365 days like that, you have a good year. We have a good year. God, that's what he wants to do. And yes, there's the big things that can mess with that. The trials, the tribulations, the persecutions, the hassles, the setbacks, the losses. But in the midst of all that... We can still have God's presence, his peace, his joy, his forgiveness, his grace, his goodness. And in fact, if all that bad stuff's happening, how much more do we need it? How do we go through trials without it? It's miserable. I know, I've done it. So God is into us knowing his will, doing his will, and even more so, The way we'll know his will and do his will is when we learn to delight in his will. And I wrote down next to delight, like it. Like, do I like God's will or not? I I like it. And when I don't, I have usually just, you know, need a change of heart. And he's good at that. So this morning, going on, I'd like to go to Matthew chapter 10. We usually don't hop around this much in the Bible, but just decided to go for it. Jesus, as he was wanting to work all that good stuff, personal stuff, into the life of the disciples so they could be blessed in their relationship with him and their relationship with one another, blessed in the sense they knew God loved them and they were forgiven, and just all that stuff God wants to do. Uh... God's plan was actually for people to live, to go out. Even Jesus prayed for Christians. He said, I don't pray that you'll take them out of the world. I pray you'll keep them till I come. And, you know, so God's got a plan while we're here. And in Matthew chapter 10, uh, what is that? I can't see. Verse 11, Jesus says this. Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire, who is worthy, and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, yeah, nice. Greet it. And if the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. That was light coming on, by the way. Got light in here. That's what happens with God. All of a sudden I go, yeah, I can see finally. I can't believe I was in the dark on that issue. All right. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever will not receive you uh, or hear your words, when you depart from that house or that city, shake the dust off your feet. This whole chapter talks about Jesus sending out his disciples and where they're going to go and where they're going to stay and when they're going to leave. And he puts a little in here of how you enter, how you stay, how you leave. If you read the whole chapter... It gets a little bit more encompassing where he actually talks about the world they're going into. And much of it not only talks about they're not going to be received, but it talks about you guys are going to get roasted. There's a lot of people. They hated me. They're going to hate you. It's going to get hot. But nevertheless, Jesus sent them out. And so this whole concept of entering and staying and leaving – it's interesting, Job, in the book of Job, he was commenting on the shortest version of his life, which was, naked I came in, and naked I'm going to leave. It's in Job chapter 1. He said, naked I came into this world, and naked I'm going to leave. Paul, the apostle who we've talked about, and Timothy, he talked about his life, or about life in general, he and said, he said, we brought nothing he used the word naked, he used nothing, nothing into this world. And then he said, it is certain we're going to take nothing out. And he's talking about material possessions, by the way, because technically there's things we could take out with us uh, if we're a Christian. It's the rewards. It's uh, what God wants to give us for our time on earth. But here's the deal. Naked to came in, naked to leave, Brought nothing in, going to take nothing out. You know where the problem comes? The problem comes in the middle where we're staying. And when we're staying, we're gathering. And we're getting. And we're going after. And we're looking after. And it gets all kind of crazy. And it gets less crazy, though, when we only gather what God wants us to gather. And we only get what God wants us to get. And we only get into situations and relationships he wants us to get into. And, you know, it's pretty kind of, since we don't get that all right, a lot of times we spend a lot of our time getting out, which is a good thing. If we need to get out of a situation, you get out. And most of the time we don't get out early enough and we need God's strength and finally we get out. It was kinda, I was talking to Rick back there. He goes, pray for me. I'm going to be giving the message. He goes, he goes, well, Billy, it's not too late to run. <laughs> But you know what? It was, it was a positive thing where if you're not supposed to be doing something, God says it's never too late to get it. You can, you can get out. The devil will say, no, you can't, you can't leave now. You can't get out of it. You'll talk to yourself. People will talk you out of it. And God's will is always, if it's not my will, it's not too late. Get out. If you need help to get out, I'll help you. Whatever it takes, get out. So uh, in this uh, section, though, Jesus is trying to help the disciples, and he says, "Whatever town you enter, inquire who is worthy." There's, a, there's praying for God's wisdom and discernment. Like, where am I supposed to stay, and who am I supposed to be with for this season? And you know, this this topic is really broad, you know, because we enter and leave friendships, uh, acquaintances, jobs. Uh, living conditions as a, growing up, we enter and leave kindergarten, elementary school, junior high, high school there's this whole thing where we do it there is there is an entering time and a leaving time and a staying time in many circumstances that has nothing to do with our will it 's going to happen unless we 're you know truant or we're a runaway, which happens but in a way, sometimes some things half of the job is easy. It's clear what we're supposed to do. I'm supposed to be here right now. This is where I'm supposed to be. Then we're in the mode of like, okay, Lord, I'm staying here. Help me to stay the right way. Help me to stay with a good attitude. And when it's time, help me. to. You know what most of us do? We usually arrive late or leave early. It's really classic with school. It's like, like you always have a, a junior hire. And if it's, now, that's middle school, 6th to 8th now, but, you know, when they hit 8th, sometimes they can't even enjoy the second half of their 8th grade year because they already want to be in high school. And it's okay to look ahead. It's okay to know you're headed somewhere and, and plan to be there and want to be there and even look forward to being there, but not if you miss out on where you're supposed to be. Your senior year, yeah, I'm over, it. Uh, senior, uh, get me out of here. It's going to end. Enjoy it while you're there. Yeah, make your plans. And, you know, so, so staying is interesting because a lot of times when we're right where God wants us, we're there in body, but we're not there in heart. It's just part of our sin for nature. We're like, we're there, but we're not there. Classic case, the dad spending time with the kids, and he's there, but he's not. And usually it's because of a kind of a tough world we live in where there's a lot of responsibilities, jobs, things to do, other relationships, and it's, it's hard to be present. But that's something God does. Martha and Mary... Uh, they were spending time with Jesus, and in the story, they were sisters, and Martha was actually doing all the stuff to make the place, the house good, whatever it was, probably the food, the drinks, just running around, keeping everything good, and Mary, the sister, same house, she was at Jesus' feet. She was hanging out with the guest, and Jesus actually said, he said, Martha, you're, you're troubled about many things. And your sister Mary has chosen the better thing to do right now. And so God wants us to be in his will where we're supposed to be. And when we're there, he wants us to be there. I, like, I said, oh, there's things that are an oxymoron. And I was going, what the heck is an oxymoron? So I did what's an oxymoron? And it said, it's, a, it's contradicting statements. And so I'm there, but I'm not there. Uh, I'm there, but I've already left the room. And all this talk right here, it relates to entering, staying, and leaving. Because a lot of times we enter, and this is the flip side to it, we, we never even entered. We, we're there, but you know we someone made us get in the car and show up and sit in the seat, and we're not there. We don't want to be there. And what's really awesome is... Jesus had 12 disciples. He gathered them all in, and everything we're talking about that's kind of where we need to grow, they were like that times 10. He was hanging with them, and they would, they would always be doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, entering the wrong time. Come on, you guys, hang with me and pray with me. It's going to get hard. We need to pray, and they're sleeping. They, you know, they weren't perfect, but Jesus gathered them in, and it wasn't about being perfect. He's going, it was about growing. But the reason this is so important is we've only got one life to live. And yes, there's grace and room to grow on how we enter, how we stay, how we leave. But the more we just kind of say, whatever, I'll just do it how I do it, and this is my personality. Well, if you got a lot going, you might be okay, kind of. But if you don't, like most of us, It messes it up. You know what? I had to go to someone's reception up in the Inland Empire, and I was thinking about this, and I'm going, okay, Lord, this day, go through the prayer. This day, I need this. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to go up a two-and-a-half-hour drive. You're used to it, Pastor Chris, the whole Inland Empire. I I don't go up that way toward Redlands, and I was like, how do you even do it? Is my maps going to work right? So, but here's the deal. I jump in. I'm driving someone else's car, and they're getting in the car, and right off the bat, There was tension because of directions and just you know, whatever. And I'm going, okay, here we go. We're entering with strife. And we're gonna talk about staying. We're stuck two and a half hours in the car. And you ever you know, this is where these things play out. Sometimes just it could just be a road trip or a day you're gonna go on vacation. And you start it wrong, then it goes wrong, then it ends wrong. And you know what? Usually when that's the case, it's usually all about just pride and not having God's heart. Because you know what God's heart is? Humility and do-overs. He's into do-overs. So it's starting, and I'm thinking about this message, and I'm going, Lord, do I have to be, like, uptight? Because we got off to a wrong, help me God, help me to humble myself, lighten up the conversation. The trip ain't over. It can be a great two and a half hours in the car. And it all had to do with me having a change of heart. Not waiting for them to do it first. That makes it easy if they do it. They break the ice, put it behind, and then you go forward and it's like, that's a good thing they did it because I wouldn't have done it. it We wouldn't have been talking the whole way. But you know what? God is into this kind of stuff. And I know we're kind of going all over the place on entering staying and leaving. But this is something that God's Word is really clear on. There's all kinds of scriptures on on entering, how we're supposed to enter. In this scripture, in Matthew 10, he actually just says, uh, greet. Greet the household. Greeting goes a long way. Some of us are good greeters, some of us aren't. But we can all grow in greeting. Just... uh, Jesus is into greeting. He said, greet those who don't greet you. So God's word is clear on just approaches. Even in James, the book of James, he talked about people coming into church, and he said, if someone comes in finally dressed, don't give them the best seat, and the person who's not dressed well, give them the low seat. He's going, someone's entering, there's how you enter, but what about other people entering in your life? How do you treat them, you know? There's not partiality with God. There's no pecking order. We're all on the we're all sinners saved by grace. Or just sinners who need to get saved, one or the other. We're all eye to eye. We're all on a journey. We're all growing. And so God's word has a lot to say about uh staying. Even Jesus, He um He told them in this section, He said, remain there. He doesn't get into the details, but they were out on a purpose to preach the gospel, to disciple Christians, to help people. And he's going, stay put a while. You know, it's hard to stay sometimes. It's, it's not always easy to stay. In fact, sometimes the hardest, uh, in, in a smaller situation, sometimes the hardest time to stay is like the last five minutes. Like, you know, we, we just can't stay that extra five minutes. Uh, you know, we're just ready to go out the door. And it can be like a lifelong battle. Like, you know what? I usually have to, you know, I'm usually getting antsy the last 10 minutes I'm supposed to be there wherever we're at. At a, a church or a family situation or whatever it may be. But God's word has all these instructions on staying and then on leaving. Uh, turn to Ephesians. It's the last scripture we're going to look at, Ephesians chapter 4. That is forward in the Bible. And Paul, the same guy we've been talking about, he wrote Ephesians. He wrote, he wrote instructions to a group of Christians. And what's really cool in the book of Ephesians was the first three chapters, all he did was build them up. All he did was talk about, okay, get your eyes off of your circumstances, your behavior, get your eyes onto God. You've been saved by grace. It's not by your works. He loves you. He's accepted you. He just wanted to encourage him. God is for you. He has saved you. And then in the next three chapters of Ephesians, he starts to get into, down to reality where, okay, now you got to live in this world, and this is how you do it. This is how you have a relationship with people. And so in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, he says, Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for necessary, necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I love this scripture because he's talking about our life on earth, and he's saying, we need to grow in putting off the things we know aren't good. And you know, the things we don't know, one of the cool things about going through God's Word is we learn. And all of a sudden we go, wow, I, you know, I never really thought about that. That's not cool. Thank you, Lord. So God's Word shows us His will. It shows us what we need to put off. But more than putting off, you can put off all this stuff you know is bad, and then you're standing here. You ain't squeaky clean. You'll find out you still got a lot of sin, but you think you're squeaky clean. Squeaky clean, alone, moral, and woohoo. When God says put off all that, he wants us to be in a relationship with him, in a relationship with others, and putting on the new things. And a good way to put off the old is just start putting on the new, and there won't be room for the old. Uh, it's interesting here as far as, like, um, putting off and putting on, and uh, things God has a timetable on, like we're going to a new year, but then things like he wants us to know his will daily. That was the our Father in Heaven prayer where he brings, the, he, I really want this in your life daily. Well, here's another principle in uh, Ephesians where he says, be angry, so you're allowed to be angry. Well, there's things legitimately to be angry about. That wasn't cool. But we're not allowed to sin in our anger. That's where we get in trouble. It's like, I was angry, and then I didn't deal with it right. It's always going to go, man, I was angry, but I, I went to the Lord. I wanted them to pour water on my fire with their admitting they were wrong. But I went to him. He poured water on my fire. He showed me where I was wrong and gave me grace for them. Because I've done the same thing they've done at a different time. But be angry, but don't sin in your anger. But then he says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. This relates to where we're headed into a new year. God actually says, when the sun goes down, let it go. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Some of the stuff's easy. You know what? It's the end of a day. I'm not going to take it into the night. I'm not going to take it into the next day. The next week, the new year, I'm, gonna, you know, just, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let the sun go down on my, what I'm angry about. I'm going to just get over it. Some stuff, it's not that easy. And most stuff, we really need the Lord. Like, Lord, this is bigger than me. I can't shake it off. I can't let go. I need you. But God is so gracious. If we we will do that, he will help us. And it radically affects our life where we're blessed that night, the next day. I was telling the guides about a, a family conflict I had where, and I know the scripture, and usually it's like... It doesn't even matter if we work it out. At least we're going to touch bases before the night's over and say, you're a knucklehead, I'm a knucklehead, we'll work it out later, peace. That's kind of a way to let it go. But I didn't do that. I kind of didn't call them, they didn't call me. And then the next morning, this was a couple weeks ago, I was listening to this message, and it said, and, and it mentioned someone in your family, I'm not going to say who. If this person in your family, you know, whatever's going on, go say you're sorry and get it right. And the minute they said it, I almost talked myself out of it And then I literally darted. I was like, I already went the night. This is not good. I got to let this go. And I got a hold of him, said, I'm sorry for my end of it. And it was one of those where I was able to have a conversation and talk about where they were wrong. But the principle is there about not letting the sun go down on our anger, letting it go. And for us in this room, as we go into this new year, as we go into this day, God wants us to let all bitterness, all wrath, all clamor, all anger, all evil speak. He wants us to let it all go. And you get this thing where let it go, let it go. But really, he moves on from let it go, and he says, and be. It's not like I let it go and I'm neutral. There's an active love where he says, And be kind to one another. Bless those who curse for you. Pray for those who use you. Love your enemies. And be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Uh, I'm here to forgive you. Why? Well, it's bigger than what you've done wrong. He's forgiven me. That's really the main reason. And you know... um, kind of Mike back there. Michael Zapeta. He put his arm around and said, Billy, you are teaching this morning? Give them heaven. You know what? We're not supposed to be giving people hell. We're supposed to be giving them heaven. The problem is we can't do it without God. We need him. We need to go to him and say, Lord, change my heart. Forgive me. Give me the grace to forgive. Give me the grace to be kind. And sometimes you got to pray it all day and all night, and you got to pray it For a season until God brings the healing. But you know the healing comes, most of the time, it comes from God first. Sometimes they don't even receive all the goodness. Sometimes they do and there's a reconciliation. Sometimes there's not. But you're okay. You're healed. You're restored. Uh, We're getting ready to close this message up. And I'd really encourage you... Look into God's word on what he says about his will. Look into his word on what he says about entering, staying, and leaving. I just scratched the surface. And you know, we are getting, some things I said happen whether we like them or not. There's a timetable. Well, you know what, 2018 is ending. There's two days left. Doesn't matter if we're ready, not ready, it's, it's going to be gone. 2018 is going to be gone. And, Jesus even said, uh, he was talking about having a heart right and about being at the right place at the right time, and he was actually speaking about people being at church, and he said, if you're at the altar and you remember, you have something against someone, and there's another place where he said, someone has something against you, you know there's something not resolved, and this is in the sense of it's being neglected. Not that you're in the middle of it and it, you're working through it. But it's, it says, leave the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother. And so, 2019 is approaching. And 2018 is ending. But guess what? There's two days left. Day and three quarters, day and a half in 2018. We don't need, don't leave the room. We got, we got another day and a half. It can end good. Perfect? No. Everything solved? No. But it can end good. It can end good where we come before God and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Work out the things where I need healing and encouragement. Work out the things where I need to change and I'm the one who needs to repent and turn from what I'm doing wrong. It ain't over till it's over. God is into new beginnings. He's into new days. And he's not even into like tomorrow. We don't even know if we're going to be here tomorrow. For all all we got is today. That's why Paul says in Corinthians, today is the day of salvation, the day to be saved. Having received Jesus in our heart, we're saved from judgment, hell. We are going to heaven. We're not under his wrath. We're under his forgiveness. He loves us. He's made us new. God is into this day, us having a new start, a new beginning. But we have to come to him. And with that, we end up with a new life. But he wants you to have a new life and me to have a new life today. And God willing, if the Lord wills, tomorrow. And we finish out 2018. And Lord willing, 2019, a new year, yes. Is he into new beginnings, new years? Yeah. But he's more into a new you, a new me. And that comes by receiving. And so we're going to get ready to pray here in a moment. And um, I just want to encourage you. Paul said, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. There's two types of situations that are kind of nice. One is where everybody's got their manners down, they got their etiquette down, they're pretty polished in their behavior, they enter right, they hang out right, they leave right, keep the drama to a minimum, you know, the, the family's got it down, the whatever's got it down, and it's all cool, okay? That's good, that's actually what we should aim for. But reality is, is when Just about everybody in the crew enters wrong, hangs out wrong, and leaves wrong. And I just mean wrong in the sense we don't get it perfect, not fully dramatic. But you know what is in that crew? Love and grace. How does it work when you guys are all not perfect? Well, it's about mercy first, and it's about grace, and it's about love, and it's about forgiveness. And yes, we come as we are, but we're growing, we're changing. You know, there's not just excusing behavior, but, but that's a process on the journey. So God's showing us love, forgiveness, and grace, and he's showing us how to show it to one another. That's how you have a good day, a good season, a good new year. And uh, the way we get it in our hearts first is it's not actually about us. It's about Jesus. In Revelation, it says he comes and knocks on the door of our heart. And if we'll open up, he'll come in. That's one person you want to let in. That's one person who knows how to hang out the right way, treat you good. And when you hang out with Jesus, because you've let him in, and you remain with him, you keep the faith, he, he helps us with each other. So let's close in prayer, and, um, and just... Commit this day and this next season, 2018 ending, 2019 beginning, to the Lord. Father, I just pray for this crew here of men and women.